listening to The Journey Podcast. The Journey is a college and young adult ministry of South Crest Baptist Church. We hope this podcast helps you find your greatest pleasure and purpose in Jesus. But yeah, turn to Galatians uh, 3. Like David said, in case you're wondering uh, why we're in here tonight, they are actually, uh, two, really two reasons. One, they're putting in this really awesome LED wall in the venue. It's like um, pretty much that same exact size, and it's going to sit in the middle of the stage, kind of how like where this journey thing is, but it'll be in the venue. So it's going to be really, really awesome, uh, kind of enhance, I think, uh, worship as far as just kind of the experience. But also there are a lot of events going on in the venue this week with Thanksgiving coming up, and so we're trying to take a little load off of our team that helps set up everything by being here tonight. Thanks for being flexible and coming in here with us. Galatians 3 again, and again, if you need to use your uh, table of contents to find it, that is no problem at all. So having moved um, three times since graduating high school, which I've been in Lubbock now for over eight years, but having moved three times, um, and, and honestly also get to travel a little bit, I'm more and more convinced that we often take for granted so many amazing things in life. So, for example, my wife and I grew up uh, in Jacksonville, Florida, near the beach. She would tell you that I didn't technically grow up in Jacksonville, but whatever, close enough to Jacksonville. Um, and, man, after, like, living there and now moving, uh, and then moving to Texas, which I know Texas has beaches, but I don't know if you know this, they're a long ways from Lubbock, right? And um, I realized, man, I took for granted how awesome that was to have the beach just, like, 20, 30 minutes away. I totally took that for granted. Um, some of you come from big cities, and you kind of miss, like, though Lubbock is not a small town, you miss, like, all the life and activity in a big city. Some of you come from little towns like Gale, Texas, and you you miss the community and the love that's in a small town. Y'all tracking with me? Um, but I want you to just take a moment, and with the people around you, discuss um, what are some things that you feel like you have taken for granted or are t- could be taken for granted about maybe where you used to live or, or where you live now. Some things that, man, like I'm afraid that maybe I'm, I did take that for granted or maybe I'm currently taking that for granted. Go ahead. T- I'll give you about a minute or two. Talk with the people around you. Kind of discuss that idea. Go ahead and do that. And yes, Lubbock does have things that you could take for granted. <laughs> Boom, roasted. Like the fact that I live here. You get to hang out with me. Levi. (laughs) Someone just said gas prices. What does that say about Lubbock if, like, well, gas prices? Some of y'all are still discussing, but uh, go ahead and kind of interrupt you for a second. Um, I, who knows what you may have said? Like I was, I don't know if you heard me. I was laughing at some of the guys up here. Uh, Cade said uh, that he could be taking the gas prices for granted, which I'm like, man, what does that say about Lubbock? If you're like, well, maybe the gas, like that's what I'm taking for granted. Like, man, man, we gotta we gotta dig deeper about what we love about Lubbock. <laughs> um, 
I would say for people, I would say the people. I would say, yeah, I do love the people here. It'd be easy to um, take that for granted. No, I, but I think that concept, you could take that same concept about kind of what you may consider like physical realities. Then you could move that same concept and say that it's true with spiritual realities, meaning that if you, you, you kind of grew up in church or you're, or you're around a lot of Christian-type things, that it's easy to just take for granted some really incredible, big, grand truths. Are you with me? Like we were talking, I was talking with some, uh, with our interns this morning, and we were laughing about how one of them was saying that she uh, was crying over something very emotional this morning, and then the other one said, like, yeah, it was the gospel, which, like, I, I, I get what we're saying, we talk about the gospel all the time, but, like, we should b- get emotional about the gospel, right? Y'all try it with me? Uh, like, we should, we, we should be in awe of so many things that the Bible teaches, but I think, again, in, like, our busyness of life, things just kind of get blurred, Right? Like the faster you move, what is, there's a Jack Johnson said Jack Johnson song that says, um, "Slow down, you're moving too fast. Frames can't catch you when you're moving like that." Right? Like when you're when you're going fast, 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 it, things kind of get blurry. I think that's true with spiritual realities. Um, and one of those beautiful truths that we saw last week, and it's really kind of the whole idea of Galatians, is that salvation. So having a relationship with God is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So it's not what you do, it's what Jesus did, right? Like the battle has already been won. Victory is accomplished through Jesus. And so it's not that like, yeah, let's put it this way. No one is going to get to heaven by just like, yeah, me and God, we're tight. Like we're pretty cool, right? Like Jesus was that it used to be a shirt that said Jesus is my homeboy, right? Like no one gets to, into heaven with that. Um, or no one's gonna get to heaven, no one gets a relationship with God by just being like, yeah, like I, I go to church occasionally, or I, I'm a pretty good person. Like that's not how it works. It's all about faith in Jesus Christ. And so uh, all through, excuse me, Galatians, Paul is building that argument. That's kind of what the whole book is about. But in um, whoa. I ended up in Corinthians, sorry, let me get back to Galatians. Like, what, what is this about? Um, it, when you get to chapter 3, he's building the argument oh, to the point, if you look at verse 26 with me real quick, um, he comes to the point where he says, For in Christ Jesus you are all sons of God through faith. So this is huge. So in Christ, when you place your faith in Jesus Christ, which we said last week, mean faith is coming to God with empty hands and a broken heart and saying, God, I, I realize I'm a messed up person. I have nothing to offer, and I'm, I'm turning to you for salvation. So uh, I quote this all the time, but I'm going to do it again because I think it's helpful. Tim Keller says that the gospel is the truth that on our own, we are far more wicked and evil than we believe and like even realize, but in Christ, so when you when you come to Jesus for for salvation, you are far more loved and accepted in Him than you could ever dare to hope for. Like that's the gospel. So He says in verse twenty six, when you when you come to Christ, put your faith in Him, you are sons of God through faith. So again, not what you not through what you do, but through faith, you become a what? What's it say? Verse twenty six. A son of God. Now, some of the ladies are like, oh, real cool, Paul, leaving us out, right? No, that, that's, that's not what's going on. This is actually, this is a really cool thing, just a little side note here, why it says sons of God. Um, in that culture, in that time, let me preface with this saying, this is actually an inclusive thing, not exclusive. And now, so, now let me explain it. In that culture, in that time, 
women were legally not allowed to be the heirs of property rights. They could not inherit the property. So they could, a father could not leave to his daughter like all the inheritance, all the property rights. So Paul, in saying that all believers, which includes men and women, thank you, all believers, including men and women, when they place their faith in Christ, they get the same rights, the privileges as a son, which in, in our day, we're like, why is he leaving out women? No, he was speaking to that culture and saying, hey, ladies, it's just as good for you too. You don't get left out of anything. Y'all track it with me? Y'all with me? Okay, sorry, I, I, need, I, need some, I need some life from you tonight, all right? So, so he says, you're all, you're all children of God through faith in Christ, which is huge, right? That's a huge concept. I think to go back to the idea of like being so busy and like hearing things all the time that we just, like we kind of begin to drown it out because we become numb to it. What does it mean to be a child of God? He says, we're sons of God through faith in Christ. So again, now that we know what sons of God means, we'll just say children. We're children of God through faith in Christ. Again, we say all the time, we have a song, uh, I'm not like I sleep. Right, like I'm, I'm a child. It was beautiful, right? Watch out, David, I'm coming for your job, bro. Um, I'm a child of God. We sing songs about that, but what does that mean? By the way, I have an album, album on iTunes. Dwayne and Dwayne, check it out, okay? Um, true story. It's terrible. Uh, what does it mean to be a child of God? I love this passage um, we're going to study tonight because it kind of un- unpacks that, what it means to be a child of God. And it's not, he's not going to give this like dissertation of like, here's 41 pages on what it means to be a child of God. No, it's just he gives us two basic but life-changing truths about what it means to be a child of God. And again, I want to state before we like dig into the text, all of us, because we're created in the image of God, in that sense, are children of God. But that doesn't make you a child of God as in the sense of having a personal relationship with Him. Y'all tracking with that? So again, how you become a child of God is through faith in Christ. Not what you do, not because you go to church, but coming to the point of saying, Jesus, like, I know that I'm broken, I'm not perfect, I need your forgiveness, I need your salvation. That's the kind of child of God we're talking about. And what does that mean? Two big truths. Here is the first one. We're going to put it on the screens to help you make sure you get it. And that is, the first one, as a child of God, your past, present, and future are defined by Jesus. So this means when you come to Christ and you're a child of God, you have a completely new identity. So that means that everything you've done in your past, everything that you currently are, your current struggles, everything you're going to face in your future is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. I love this word that Paul uses. It is clothed in Jesus. Check out verse 27. It says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. Again, so this idea of being clothed with Christ. You have this new identity. He, he, I love that he uses, he uses the picture of, of baptism. So not to go on a side note, but some, uh, though we love them, some of our, our Church of Christ friends would maybe use this verse to say that, well, oh, see, this, is, this, this proves, this shows that baptism is what saves you. And I would say, well, I love you, but you're wrong. Because if you study the book of Galatians, again, the whole book is about the fact that you're not saved by works, you're saved by what? Faith, by grace, right? So 
Paul's not a schizophrenic. He's not lost his mind like, oh, it's baptism. No, no, no. He, the whole book he's arguing that it's by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. So he's not gotten confused here. He's not forgotten the gospel. No, it, really baptism, you could say, is the, the culmination of a, a person's salvation experience. So it's almost like Paul u- is using shorthand to describe the conversion experience. So again, I, I know I might be beating this to death, but no one just kind of like, goes to church, and oh, I'm just kind of a Christian. No, like, you, you reach a point where you go from death to life, from not having a relationship with God to having a relationship with God. And he says, when, so it says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So baptism, again, being the culmination of that experience, let's walk through that. So a person realizes they're broken, they're sinful, and they need Jesus. So they turn to Jesus for salvation. They place their faith and trust in him. And then once they do that and Jesus saves them, then what's the next step that they should do as a follower of Christ? Help me out, be a little louder. Yeah, yeah, be baptized. I feel like you guys are quiet tonight. Maybe I'm going deaf, I don't know. I have been listening to the New Crowder album really loud all day long. But I feel like I'm be screaming the rest of my life. Anyways, um, yeah, so put your faith in Christ, and then you're baptized, right? And so baptism is kind of the culmination, like the climax of that experience of, of coming forward and saying, hey, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I want people to know that I love Jesus and that he has changed my life and is still transforming me to make me more like him. And when someone is baptized, um, again, I think like the biblical idea is what we do here at South Crest. We try to follow the biblical way. We uh, we place them under the water. We've only had a few people drown, just kidding. But um, you place them under the water and then pick them up out of the water. And if you remember what we say, typically there's nothing special or, or like magic about this, these words. It's just kind of what we say because it explains the gospel message. Put like, I got to baptize Lauren. She's in here somewhere. There she is. Hey, Lauren. Say, hey, Lauren. Yeah, got to baptize. Sorry to embarrass you. Um, baptized her a few weeks ago. And when I placed her under the water, it would say, buried with Christ in baptism, meaning her old life has died, right? It's not about her and what she's done or what she may do in the future. It's not about her. But then when I raise up, say, raised to walk in newness of life, which means she has a new life and new identity in Christ. So again, he says, for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So when you come to Jesus, when you are saved by him, you have a new identity. Your, your old way of life, your old self, your old identity is gone, and you have a new identity as God's child. And here's what's cool. It says you're clothed with Christ. So now God looks at you as though you lived the life that Jesus lived. Again, that's the gospel message, right? Not just that he forgives your sin, but that he places on you the righteousness of Jesus. Y'all tracking with me? So when he looks at you, he doesn't look at you and just like, well, you know, I forgave you, but you still kind of suck at life. No, like he's given you the righteousness of Jesus. So the way he feels about Jesus, if you've placed your faith in him, the way he feels about Jesus, he feels about you, which is awesome, Right? So your past, your present, and future are defined by Jesus. And, and just real quick, I think there's like a little, it's really important, but it's kind of like a subordinate idea. Verse 28, he says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. This is not, Paul is not saying that Christians have gender identity issues and there's no male and females. Like, that's not what's going on here. No, he's saying 
He's saying that your primary, your primary identity, what matters most about you, what should be like your name tag is not that like you're this or that or, uh, or like you take your pride in something worldly, but that you take your pride in what? In Jesus, yes, that your identity is in, him, is in him. So just as kind of a side note, again, that should unify us, right? Because it's not about, well, I go to this school or this is where I'm from. N- those things matter, but the thing that matters most is your identity in Christ, which I think uh, Jonathan helped us talk about that a few weeks ago from Romans. And like, we should love each other because we're all in Christ, if you know Jesus. Man, what, what an incredible truth. As a child of God, my past my present and my future is defined by Jesus, not, not by me. All of us to some degree or another, sometimes consciously, often probably like kind of subconsciously, we, we try, or we, we find our identity, but also try to like um, project our identity or the identity we want to be seen with through what we wear. And again, like, I know there's like different levels of that. So I'm like, I, I could care less what I wear or whatever. Like, I ain't got money to care about what I wear, right? Um, but all of us to some degree are, are portraying an identity through what we wear. So, which by the way, I just got done buying some of the LeBron James jerseys. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it'd be tight. It'd be cool. Um, what if the clothes you wear actually truly portrayed your identity meaning like what if what if your shoes when people looked at you like your shoes showed all the messed up places that you went that you should not have gone (laughs) what if your shirt portrayed like all the the evil and twisted desires of your heart Again, we're like, we're, again, we're talking like metaphorically, not like that really your shirt would say like, I desire whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what if your hat portrayed the thoughts you've had or the things that you've said about someone else? What if, it's cold outside, <laughs> what if the gloves you wore or maybe should be wearing, <clears throat> if your mother called, <laughs> portrayed the dumb things you've done with your hands. Probably all of us would be scared to death to walk outside, right? For people to see us dressed like that. We wouldn't want to look at ourselves in the mirror because we'd be like, oh gosh. Here's the beauty of the gospel and the beauty of this verse and the beauty of being a child of God is that when you put your faith in Christ, it's as though Jesus says, Hey, let me go to my closet. I have some clothes you can wear. <laughs> he goes to his closet, and Jesus got a sick closet. You should see it, okay? <laughs> and, and he comes out, and he says, hey, you've, you've been some really dumb places. Hey, you can put on these shoes. And when you look at your feet, I no longer want you to think about the dumb mistakes you've done. I want you to realize you've been forgiven and cleansed in me, and now I want you to use your feet to go places with a new purpose, right? Oh, and hey, here's this shirt. And yeah, you've had some pretty sick, evil, twisted desires, and you may still struggle with those, but now you have a new identity in me. Those desires are forgiven, and you know, I'm gonna start changing those so you begin to desire what I desire for you. And he says, hey, let me give you this, this really cool hat <laughs> because I wanna change the way that you think and the way you speak to people. And hey, here's these gloves, because it's cold outside. You need some gloves, and I want you to begin to use your hands for good and not for evil. 
Y'all, if you're a child of God, you've been clothed with the righteousness of Christ and you have a new identity in him. Man, that's huge. I think about, I don't, I don't love, uh, I'm not trying to make a point, but like the show The Voice, I guess it's a pretty good show, I don't love it, but um, Kelly Clarkson has, uh, anytime she, she picks someone to be on our team they, and they kind of pick her, she has a Team Kelly like jersey that she gives them. And I think it's such a cool picture because uh, she's so excited. It's like, like now they're like, going to work together, have this relationship. I think about Jesus, like when you place your faith in him, he's like, hey, welcome to the family. Here's a jersey, right? Man, your identity is found in him. Your past, your present, and future are defined by Jesus and what he has done for you, what he's doing for you right now, even in this very second, the grace and mercy that is for you, and what he's going to do for you in your future, not by what you've done, who you are in this moment, or what you're going to do in the future. It's all based on him. Y'all, that is, that is good news. That's, that's a game-changing truth. But to be honest with you, I think the next thing we're going to see may even be cooler. Man, it gets me just a little bit pumped up. Um, so we, we saw this first truth. Here's the second truth we're going to put on the screen. As a child of God, you get to experience an intimate, powerful, and blessed relationship with him right here, right now. So here's what this means. If you are a child of God, you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. You get to experience the blessing of knowing him, of being his child today. Not some day in the future way off from now, which it would still be true then, but you don't have to wait for it. It's right here, right now. You get to experience this. I mean, this is verse 29. It says, and if you are Christ, if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring Heirs according to promise. What the world does that mean? So when he's talking about Abraham, he's really going back to chapter, all of chapter three. He uses kind of, not all of, but most of chapter three. He uses Abraham as like a case study for salvation. So Abraham, y'all remember that song? Yeah, I don't want to sing it again because y'all going to be looking at my album on iTunes, okay? But yeah, Father Abraham, right, goes back to Father Abraham. So the, the Israelites, they viewed Abraham as like, man, he, he's the man, right? And so Paul uses Abraham to say, hey, even Abraham, who y'all have so much respect for, even Abraham placed, uh, yeah, he was, given, he was counted as righteous. He had a relationship with God. He was saved, using our terms, so to speak, through faith, not through what he did. So he says, even Abraham got to experience the blessing of being God's child through faith, not through what he did. So again, this is again over and over and over again, a theme in the book of Galatians. So what he's saying to us is when you place your faith in Christ, you get the same blessing, the promise that Abraham did. And that is you are a full, 100% legit, certified child of God. And because of that, you get all the blessings that come with being in the family of God, meaning that he is for you and not against you, meaning that he has a plan and purpose for your life, meaning that he loves you and cares for you, that he will never leave you nor forsake you. Man, that's good stuff, right? But it's not just that. He says, when he's talking about Abraham and, and heirs according to the promise, I think he's going back to chapter 3, verse 13 through 14. If you've got to say it, and just flip the page, whatever you've got to do, look back. At verses 13 and 14, he says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. So, man, I know we're Baptists, but we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit for a second here, all right? He's saying, If you are a child of God, you've placed your faith in Christ. 
you get the what? The Holy Spirit, which is a huge game changer. Jesus says the Holy Spirit is the comforter. He's the helper. We read, read all through the New Testament that the Holy Spirit helps us see Jesus more clearly, that he pours God's love into our hearts so we can experience God's love, that he guides us. He shows us which way we should go in life. He helps us to fight sin, to resist sin. He helps us to actually obey God and do what God wants us to do. And if you go back even to the Old Testament, it says that the Holy Spirit, when we come to faith in Christ, he gives us a heart of flesh. We no longer have a heart of stones so that we can experience God and have a relationship with him. So he's saying, if you are a child of God, you've come to faith in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, which is awesome, right? Acts 1.8, that you receive power, right, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my what? Maybe we got to work on our Bible a little bit. You can be my witnesses, right? So when I have the Holy Spirit inside of me, I'm a, a Christian, man, God has given me a spirit so I can go and be a witness boldly, right? It doesn't mean I'm like, what's up, fools? Y'all going to heaven or hell? Today's the day. Like, not like that kind of bold, but like, man, I'm not afraid to go and to share the gospel because the Holy Spirit gives me a boldness as a child of God. Now, maybe you're saying like, okay, like, that's not a, I, I get that. Like, that's no news. What's the big game-changing truth? It, to help us get how big a deal this is, he, he kind of continues this thought. Again, the humans, uh, well, I don't know the, the chapters and verses were added later. They're not like technically inspired, the, like the numbers. And so I think his argument for this truth actually continues in the chapter four, verses one through seven. And, and I'm not gonna be long here, I promise. But I think he unpacks this truth and what it means a little bit further. So chapter four, verse one. He says, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. He is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. So he's saying when, when a, a child is the heir, he, he's been promised this inheritance. Though like it's his, if he's just a child, he doesn't get to what? Hey, he doesn't get to experience it, right? So he said, Paul's saying, so in, in, as far as experience and enjoyment, he's no different than a slave. Again, at that time, um, we as Americans think of slavery in a different light, but at that time, like, there were a lot, the slave was almost like having a, a job um, and, and not like the brutal way it was in America. And so he's not, he's not advocating slavery. Just make that clear for a second. But he's saying, like, the, the heir of the trial was no different than the slave because he doesn't get to experience the inheritance. He doesn't get to enjoy the blessing of what he's going to get from his parents. Verse 3, in the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. When he says elementary principles of the world, what he's talking about. So as Jews, they uh, had grown up trying to follow the law, many of them thinking that if they could just obey the law perfectly, then they could get the blessing of being God's child, of being God's family. Then as Gentiles, so people who weren't Jews, so everybody else, though they didn't technically have the law we talked about last week all of us kind of inherently follow this like moral code code of trying to be good right like you ask the average person at work or at school whatever um why they think they're going to get to go to heaven a lot of them would say i'm a pretty good person right we kind of have this like built-in like gut feeling of like yeah i'm trying to be a good person follow this follow this law so really to sum it up you could say all of us 
have, have tried to do good to get to heaven. Think if I'm just a good enough person, I can get to heaven. And Paul's saying, when you have that mindset, you're like the kid who never gets to enjoy the blessing from his parents. Like, it may be out there where one day you could have it, but you don't get to actually experience it and enjoy it. You still with me? You still with me? Maybe, kind of, okay. <laughs> Look at verse five, or verse four, this is the good news. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoptions, excuse me, we, uh, we might receive adoption as sons. So here's what he's saying. Jesus lived the life that you could never live, but that you should have lived, and he died the death that you deserve to die so that you could be forgiven, so that you could come into the inheritance, so that you could receive the blessing. He fulfilled the law for you. And then he says, verse six is so good. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of a son into our hearts crying, Abba, which means daddy, father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So here's what this means. Here's the big truth. That what Jesus secured for you in his death and resurrection and perfect life, what he, what he secured for you to make you a child of God, the Holy Spirit enables you to experience even today. So here's where it comes to the truth on the screen. As a child of God, you get to experience an intimate, which time out, meaning daddy, an intimate, powerful, and blessed relationship with him right here right now. Man, that's good news. Because of my faith in Christ, I'm a child of God, his Holy Spirit comes <clears throat> and lives inside of me, enables me, and enables me to go from a perspective of like, man, God's just this distant guy. He doesn't care about me. I can't have a relationship with him. It's cold. He doesn't really like me. To saying that man, I get to run into his arms and say, daddy, my kids are saying da 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 da, but they have no idea what they're saying. They're just kind of da da da. If you're like, how old are your kids? They're like nine months, so like they're they're okay. Don't worry. <laughs> um, but man, already I love it when I walk in, and man, they smile so big. I love that man. Let's go, right? Like, gets me fired up. You get to have that same relationship with God, and let me phrase that: not like you get to. That's yours already in Christ. That is yours. You get to experience that right here, right now. One of my favorite restaurants, no, let me rephrase that. Without a doubt, my favorite restaurant in the Lubbock area is Evie Mays and Wolferth Barbecue Place. I've heard me talk about this before, maybe. Incredible barbecue. And you know one of my favorite things about Evie Mays is that when you order, they give you your, your food like right then. Like you pay, you better have your arms free because they're about to give you some barbecue, you know what I'm saying? And you get to sit down and go eat. They're, you know what, it, it's immediate. And here's what Paul's saying. In that same way, you get to experience God's blessing of being his child and experiencing his, having his spirit work inside of you and feeling that closeness and intimate relationship with him right here, right now. He's not like, hey, I got an order for salvation. I'll get it out to you in a few minutes. Like, oh, you want to experience my, you want to experience my presence? Yeah, give me a couple hours. No, he's like, hey, here it is right now. Go sit down, go enjoy right? Enjoy being my child. You have something to sing about, something to celebrate, because the God of the universe loves you and says, hey, I want you to call me daddy. 
And if you place your faith in Christ, you get to experience that relationship. What does it mean to be a child of God? It means that your past, your present, and your future is defined by Jesus. And it means that you get to experience an intimate and powerful and blessed relationship with him right here, right now. And when you understand what it means to be a child of God, you begin to live life with the awe and the wonder and the joy of a child. (laughs) You see life completely different. When you begin to understand what it means to be a child of God, if you've placed your faith in him, you begin to live with the joy and the wonder and the awe of a child. Some of you may be saying, Brandon, like, I, I, I don't know. I don't really feel that. Like, I'm not experiencing that in my life. Hey, that's a fair response. There's been times in my life that I would say, like, I would have the same question. I would say, one, maybe, I don't want to accuse you of anything, but maybe, um, maybe you, you don't know Christ. Like, maybe you've kind of done church stuff, and, and you, uh, you guys come on up. Uh, you've done church stuff, you've kind of been, like, in your eyes a good person, but you've never had that conversion experience where you've gone from death to life to say, Jesus, open hands. Like, I got nothing, but I want to know you. I want a relationship with you. I believe what you've done for me, and I'm calling out to you, God, I need you. Maybe, maybe. You've never done that, so of course you're not going to experience and feel like you're his child. You're not going to have that sensation of wanting to call him daddy. (laughs) Then for others of you, I I would say I struggle, like I'm this second one very often. Um, You are the very reason that God had Paul write this book of Galatians. What Paul's arguing all through here, if you keep on reading in chapter 4, he says, y'all, When you live a legalistic life, so in other words, when you view your relationship with God as based on what you you do and not what Jesus has done, you're not going to experience the blessing of being his child, right? If you're obsessed with yourself and like what you do and like always thinking about what you should have done better, you're not going to get to experience how awesome God is because you're caught up on yourself. So all through Galatians, he's saying, hey, look to Jesus, cling to Jesus, like celebrate the freedom you have in him. Get over yourself and what you're doing or not doing. (laughs) Y'all with me? So if you're not experiencing the blessing of being his child and you don't feel like calling him daddy, maybe your relationship with him, like at this point, maybe you're leaning a little too much on like what you do and what you don't do, not just resting in, man, there's so much grace and love and mercy from God, right? Like over and over again in this passage, it's about the promise of God and about, um, about grace. <laughs> that what you get to experience being his child simply because of grace. Man, when you begin to understand what it means to be a child of God, you can't help but live with the freedom and wonder and joy of a child. This past weekend, um, so I wasn't, I wasn't here on Sunday, Lauren and I were super blessed. We got to go um, on a work trip with her company and got to go to San Diego. We actually have a picture I want to put on the screen. Um, and uh, by the way, I love the, t- the sunsets in West Texas, but when people say there's no prettier sunsets, I'm like, I don't know. The sunset on the West Coast is pretty awesome. I'm just saying. I'll, again, not dogging on West Texas, but it's setting over the ocean. It's pretty epic. I'm just saying. Um, but yeah, we were sitting, Lauren and I were sitting uh, on the patio at our hotel, um, and I was studying this passage, kind of trying to spend a little time prepping for tonight, 
And uh, every now and then I kept looking out. Literally, this is what I'm looking at as I was studying. I found it very easy to feel connected with God as I studied. <laughs> but I was looking out at this as I studied, and I was almost just dumbfounded by what I was looking at and what I was reading. <laughs> that the God who made that <laughs> and holds the universe together in his hands is the God who says, hey, Brandon, I want you to call me daddy. I want you to enjoy walking with me. I want you to realize that your past, your present, your future is not defined by who you are, it's defined by what I've done for you. And I want you to experience the blessing of being my child right now. Like, I want you to taste it, not wait for it. And when I bring it out to you, no, sit down and enjoy it. Experience my power working inside of you right now. I don't want to ever get over that. The same God who did that lives right here. He's a really good father, full of grace and truth. Well, we're going to respond tonight. We're going to sing uh, a song actually called Good, Good Father. And if you're a Christian, I want to I invite you, I think it's the best word, invite you as we sing this song to just to choose to fix your eyes on God's goodness as a daddy. <laughs> Maybe you've not really been sensing him as daddy. You've been feeling kind of distant from him. And maybe tonight you just need to, to embrace grace and realize that your relationship with him is dependent on Jesus, not on you. And just embrace that he's a good dad who loves you and kind of rejoice in that as we sing. Others of you, again, you don't know God as a father, as a daddy, because you, you've never embraced the gospel. Again, I've, I think I've explained that a lot tonight, so I'm not going to keep doing that, but You've never come to the point of just saying, Jesus, I need you. So tonight, maybe where you're at, you just need to make that your prayer. Like, I don't want to overcomplicate that. Really, the, that, that prayer is just making your heart's desire known to Jesus that I realize you, you love me, you died for me, you gave your life for me, and that I need you. I want to I wanna give you my life. I want to follow you. God, I want you to come and live inside of me, and I want to have a new life in you. That, you can just do, you don't have to come talk. I'll be in the back. I'd love to come talk or to talk with you about that. But you can do that right in your chair, where you're at, standing up and singing, whatever. I would invite you, if that's you, tonight you're going to place your faith in Christ, become his child. I'd invite you to maybe, again, during the song or certainly after the song, or after connect groups, I'd love to talk with you. Maybe tell your connect group hosts. They would love to know that tonight you became a child of God. And we, we want to celebrate with you. It's awesome. And again, just don't forget, if you're a believer, man, rejoice in this song as we sing. I want to pray for us, and then uh, we're just going to celebrate our good Father. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for <laughs> the fact that we get to be your children, that you call us daddy. Or, I'm sorry, <laughs> we call you daddy. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh. God, <laughs> thank you that even right now I feel like I sense you kind of laughing. <laughs> that you know your son is kind of silly. This son, not Jesus. <laughs> you really are a good dad. And God, I pray that, man, as we sing, we would just sense truly in our gut that your arms are open wide and God maybe that we could recall what it was like to be a little kid and run to our daddy's arms and then maybe tonight as we sing this song we could just kind of have that that feeling <laughs> I 
And that, that moment in our minds of running to you, feeling that embrace, God, that you love us, you want us to call you daddy. And God, for, for those that don't know you, I pray you would give them the boldness to, and the courage to realize that maybe the way they've been living apart from you is not cutting it, and they would turn to you for salvation tonight. Man, you're a good dad. We love you. Thanks for listening to The Journey Podcast. You can learn more about The Journey by checking us out on Instagram or Facebook. Just search for at the journey LBK.